Welcome to another Middle Grade Mavens bonus episode. In the space of about a month, the world has dramatically changed. Terms like essential services are spoken about on a daily basis, and the world has been asked to stay at home. We contemplated this long and hard when it comes to books. After all, we're all about the books. The thing is, we consider books to be an essential service. Thankfully, we're pleased to discover many folks agree. We opened our social media platform doors to authors and illustrators that have had their book launches cancelled, offering to promote them in the best way we know how, by showing their wonderful book covers and displaying their fantastic book blurbs. So keep sending us those requests to mavens at middlegradepodcast.com. We aren't the only ones innovating, obviously. Bookshops are no longer open to the public, but delivering door to door. And libraries are following suit by changing their service models to suit this terrifying and turbulent time. When talking about books, however, we can't forget about the bookmakers. We asked an editor and a bookseller a few questions about how things are changing during COVID-19. And guess what? They agreed. So sit back and have a listen to our bonus series on how publishers and booksellers are adapting to the changing world we live in. It's my pleasure to welcome back Susanna Chambers, children's book publisher at Allen & Unwin. Hi, Susanna, and thanks for joining us. Hi, Julie. Thanks so much for having me back. Firstly, how are you doing amidst all of this? I imagine it's been a chaotic couple of weeks culminating in working from home. It has been. I think it's been the same for everyone all around the world, really, which is a bit of a saving grace. I sort of yes. feel like we're all in this together but I can't believe it's only been a couple of weeks it feels like about 10 years but yes, yes we are all now working from home from the Melbourne yeah. office anyway yeah so Susanna with authors having launches cancelled can you tell us some of the ways Alan and Unwin is innovating to get the word out about those books yeah it's tricky times isn't it um, and it's very sad for authors who can't be there um, with all their friends and family um, to yes. celebrate their books. And that's one of the really um, the really sad things about having to cancel launches even above the promotion of it really is just that moment of celebration that yeah. um, is lost, I think. But um, there are a lot of online launches happening now, which at least gives you that moment of real celebration. And, and um, we've had a couple of YA authors particularly. I think it, it suits perhaps YA yes. Um books and probably middle grade um, and so that's been really fun to have um, people gathering online in all of their their places um, of course the, yeah. the other thing that we're doing is trying to support our authors um, to do their own social media um, any kind of celebration and and promotion that they want to do in their spaces um, we're trying to um, create assets for them and and support them in however they are doing that and obviously like doing things like reposting stuff from our official Alan and Unwin um, of course. accounts. Um, and also our marketing department is having to pivot away from a lot of the stuff that they would usually do around the launch of a book, which is to support the bookstores in selling. So things yes. like point of sale, which is, you know, that includes things like dump bins and shelf talkers and posters of course. and all of that stuff that you kind of see when you go into a bookstore and people are now no longer going into bookstores as much. So our marketing department's 
kind of having to think about clever ways that we can send things to bookshops that they can use either with like online newsletters or um, any kind of social media presence that they have. And that might be things like getting our authors and fantastic illustrators, particularly to do little short tutorials um, or just some fun content that, that booksellers particularly can use. So yes, yeah. Um, that's been a fun challenge for our marketing department. The other thing, of course, that the whole industry is doing is um, the Australian Publishers Association uh, worked to create agreements that allow online readings of books by libraries and schools and bookshops and, of course, yes. the authors themselves. So yep. that's been great too. And it's been great to see that really helps with picture books too because people can read the oh, whole book. Yes. Um, or, uh, so that that's a that's a lovely thing to have seen people kind of um, engage in reading books to their libraries or their their um, story times. Oh, and please tell me you're going to read your latest book. <laughs> I um I feel like I missed my window of oh. Easter because my latest <laughs> one was an an Easter book, and I yeah. should have got organised. But I honestly, for me, that um, and I know a lot of other authors can relate to this too. But that my my authorial work is about the kind of fourth job that I have at yes. the moment. So <laughs> I. I um and I sadly let that one slip over Easter, but I maybe a maybe a snow wombat reading. Oh yes. yes, it's getting towards winter, isn't it? And the thing is, anything you record now can be used next Easter as well. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> the world's most um you know up to date and prepared author for <laughs> Easter twenty twenty one. Good plan. Um, yeah, it's very exciting to see authors reading their books and it's almost, Pamela and I have been saying it's almost woken up the industry a little bit because all this stuff has been there all along, but we, I mean, you obviously need copyright approval, but it's something we can be doing. So yeah, so visual, so appropriate, get it out there. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing that's been quite nice is that we've actually seen um, some new opportunities for book publicity that have come out of the sort of gap in arts performance that has happened. So a lot of um, a lot of places are still looking for arts reviews and arts um, content, but, of course, there's no, very sadly, there's no live music and there's no yeah. um, performances of that kind. So um, there's, there's room for books to yes. be reviewed. And as you know, kids' books often suffer from um, a lack yep. of professional reviews. So we've seen a little bit of a, um, a rise in interest in kids' books being reviewed. So that's been Brilliant. nice. That's great. So let's go to another medium, digital books. They're hardly new, but we don't always see that new kids' book releases are made available as e-books. Is that something that you could see is going to dramatically change from here on in? Well, I have to say that um, all of our books, almost without exception, are simultaneously available in e-books. So good, good. that's definitely all our middle grade and YA and also most of our picture books. Uh, the picture books are in a, a static PDF format rather than a yeah. fancy kind of yep. bells and whistles format. Um, but that's really great if you've got an iPad Um or a tablet of some kind that you can read on. So, yeah, all of ours, and we've been doing that for a long, quite a long time now. So, yep. all of our books really should be available through your favorite ebook retailer. Yes, yep. Audible books are the next thing that I guess we can talk about. I mean, wow. it's 
It's not easy to record an audio book. I don't think people realise how difficult that is. But I have heard of companies actually, um, not that we want them to get away from using, you know, um, places like Belinda, um, but companies are actually recording their own audio books. I've heard that rumour. Do you think that is something that might happen? Yeah, that's definitely something that publishing houses are exploring. So as you mentioned, um, Belinda and and um, there are other other companies that are dedicated to publishing audiobooks and our um, main um, we, our right sales are still through those publishers predominantly yes. and that's really great because they have such a lot of expertise. Um, but, yeah, publishers are bringing that back in-house a little bit and I think it's because um, they can see a revenue stream there that perhaps wasn't there 10 years ago because of the rise of... Um, popularity in audiobooks and the ease people have to download them and access them on their phones etc so yeah definitely yeah. penguin has an in-house um audio book recording system and we alan and Unwin, have, have partnered with a company to kind of dip our toe in that water too so there's no oh, there's no exciting. kids books at the moment on on our um roster for that but i'm sure down the track there will be but yeah i mean audiobooks are a lifesaver my five-year-old um the, the kind of most time we have uh, to ourselves at the moment is when he we pop an audiobook on and he disappears into yes. his room for <laughs> 45 <laughs> minutes and it's just blissful so yeah uh, you, and, um, you can access the, the audiobooks a lot through libraries these days which is fantastic yes, too yes. so because they can be very expensive a lot more expensive than um ebooks so yeah definitely if anybody hasn't checked out their local libraries online um mm. audiobook delivery i would yep. strongly recommend that yep definitely i guess we could say Borrowbox and RB Digital are two that we know of, very popular yeah. storybook story box library as story well. Storybox library, terrific. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And also, just as we speak, although maybe it's finished now, but um, my son is in the the front room watching Lisa at the little book room do her story oh, time yes. on online. So, of course, yes, yeah. Not quite an audio book, but certainly uh, listening and looking and yep. connecting with Lisa, who we miss. Oh, I know. We love Lisa. We interviewed Lisa last episode, so. We'll have to go and have a listen. That, yes. I'm sure that was very entertaining. <laughs> yeah, she's so great. So back to the publishing, you know, dues. Are books being put on hold that were due out later this year or perhaps in 2021? Um. Our publishing schedule is pretty much as it was. So we haven't taken the step of moving a whole lot of books out of this year. We think there is still a lot of opportunities to sell and champion books and we're really super excited about our list. So we haven't felt that it's necessary to to move books out of the end of this year or the start of next year. I mean, obviously that could change if if everything is radically different again in another few weeks. Yeah. At, at the moment, you know, the, the big... Um, department stores are still open and selling books so Kmart and Target and Big yes. W a lot of our independent bookstores are doing an amazing job with um, yes. their online deliveries so we haven't taken that step or felt that it was necessary except in a, in very particular um, cases so we did postpone a book that was tied to the Olympics because the oh, Olympics have been postponed <laughs> so um, and they you know we would always look at it on a case-by-case -case basis as we always do but as a whole um, a whole list we feel very confident that we can keep publishing successfully yes. at the moment but you know ask me again in a week and who knows yep. <laughs> so where does publishing future publishing go from here um 
you've got you know current books that are already in process but what about acquisitions are they still going ahead yeah they definitely are at Allen and Unwin and part of that is because publishing has such long lead times yeah. that things that are acquired now uh, we wouldn't be publishing until the end, end of 2021 kind of at earliest and into 2022 and beyond and um, publishing houses across the board are going to need good strong lists um, oh yes when when we're back up and running at full speed so acquisitions is um, is full steam ahead pretty much I mean it's it's a weird headspace. I think people's reading patterns might be a bit disrupted, as in editors reading. Um, oh yes, and and trying to get into the headspace of thinking about you know what you might feel like reading in a couple of years. So yep. obviously things are changing on the emotional level, but in terms of the business, we're still acquiring. Absolutely. Um, I just trying to read my questions to see if I'd made any skip past because I told Susanna I'm taking my glasses off <laughs> why did I do that <laughs> um no what I wanted to ask is you know in this acquisition process yeah I think you've just answered it you know do you think it might change the flavor of what is being acquired I mean I think publishing tries to be a really reactive industry anyway and obviously that is hampered sometimes by the fact that it takes a couple of years to make a book but we are constantly thinking about and writers obviously are constantly thinking about um, what people want to read and they're reacting to things in their own lives and they're creating work inspired by stuff around them so inevitably um, the flavor of our list might change um, but I think that will happen organically I, I yep. think um, it's not something we're setting out to think well we have to have you know all contemporaries from now on must yep. be solidly yep. referencing um, the world we live in <laughs> yeah it's all yep. about the virus so and obviously there'll be you know I'm sure there'll be picture books that kind of think about um, the, the new lives that kids are living etc cetera, etc cetera. but also we're going to come out the other end of it and um I think I think how we feel and what we want to read and what we want to think about will organically be reflected in the stuff that people are writing and submitting and the stuff that we're responding to. Sure. I think the um the general consensus is no pandemic books, please. <laughs> Certainly not right now. For goodness now. sake. I, that's why I think um I think fantasy has got a, a great moment. Again, fantasy always has a great moment, but um I'm yep. loving reading stuff that's set completely out of this world. Yes, yep. So tell us, Susanna, a couple of books coming out um, that won't be having launch events but deserve a whole lot of love that we can shower upon them. Um, I've got a few things that I wanted to really um, be excited about. And one, a couple of them are picture books, even though I know this is a middle grade podcast. But no, we're um... open to them all. <laughs> um, so last month, Heidi McKinnon's wonderful picture book, There's No Such Thing, was oh, released yeah. Yeah. and it was um last month was particularly difficult because we were all right in the throes of uh adjusting to the new world so yep um that is such a gorgeous picture book and it's about in no small part it's about reassuring people's fears and it's also about living in closed cramped quarters so i think oh. it has <laughs> unexpected new new resident new resonance sorry um so uh, if you loved, particularly if you loved Heidi's other wonderful picture books, so, um, I Just Ate My Friend and Baz and Ben's, have, have a look at that one. Yes. Um, 
we talked, I think last time I was on, I mentioned um, How to Make a Pet Monster by Lily Wilkinson and Dustin Spence. Yes. And that that is going to be out uh, in July. And we're just about to send that to the printer. So that's a good one to keep an eye out for. Beautiful. Um, it's come together absolutely gorgeously. And I love the cover and I can't wait for it to be everywhere in the world. I um, have a four-year-old that is currently monster obsessed. <laughs> so excellent news. That one's going on my excellent indie bookshop list. We'll have to get you a copy. Um, <laughs> the other two middle grade ones that I wanted to talk about really quickly are um, Sean Williams' Her Perilous Mansion, which is coming out in May, which is just a ripping good fantasy adventure. Um, it'll take you right out of this current moment and into a delightfully spooky magical world. Um, and I really... Um, that's so that's out in May and I really hope that that finds its audience because it's really lovely um, that needs to find its way to Maven Central I think so absolutely <laughs> oh. um, I don't know if you've heard my obsession with mansions and... oh I haven't <laughs> it's just... <laughs> tailor-made obviously yes 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 that's all right um, I, I know people in high places excellent, wink excellent. wink <laughs> Uh, and the other one that's actually out right now, um, released in March, is um, Kate Constable's The January Stars. And Kate is such a fantastic writer. People might know her Crow Country and Cicada Summer novels as well as her older YA. But yes. um, this is a really terrific, beautiful novel about um, two sisters and a grandfather and it's got lovely family elements and also just like this the, the right amount of uh, fantasticalness too and so it really... I just love Kate's writing and um, I, it's also got a gorgeous cover. So go and have a look at that one online and then it's, yeah. Oh, well, <clears throat> we will be putting all of those links in the show notes as well so people can find them readily. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Susanna, for taking the time out of your busy at-home schedule. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for we having really me. really appreciate it. I, I'm just impressed that there was no dog barking or child entering my room. So I feel like, I, you know, got well away by done. the skin of my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Susanna. Thanks, Julie. Kate O'Donnell is a children's bookseller based in Melbourne. She divides her time between the Younger Son Bookshop in Yarraville, Victoria, where she's worked since its inception in 2007 and also as a project editor at Scribble. While writing books for teenagers on the side, Kate is passionate about getting books into the hands of as many readers as possible. And we are delighted to have her join us. So hi, Kate, and hi, thanks for really coming good. on Middle Grade Mavens. Thank you so much. It's very exciting. So, Kate, before this all happened, the children's book industry was doing pretty well, we thought. We know everything has been turned upside down during this pandemic. How are you guys doing? We are doing okay. Um, I feel, as a one-day-a-week worker, quite happy. I know everyone's been pretty tired as they're yep. learning lots of new ways of working. Absolutely. Yeah. And I guess the thing is, like, uh, are we going into the bookshop? <laughs> Obviously we are, but <laughs> lots of working from home, processing orders, I guess, that then Absolutely. happen. Yeah, so we we've we closed our doors um, pretty much right away when the government announced the um, essential services sort of um, plan. 
um, but have been working from behind closed doors. So our fearless leader, Deb Force, is working from home down the coast, yep. um, doing orders and overseeing us. And we've got um, just a handful of staff coming in each day to pick and process and to talk on the phone. Yes. There's a lot of talking on the phone. I bet, yeah. So we've heard about some great innovations happening in the bookselling industry. Can you tell us how you have changed your bookselling model? Yeah, well, it's it's definitely changed in, at breakneck speed and we're all having to learn on our feet. Yep. Um, we are offering free delivery to our closest suburbs uh, in Melbourne's inner west, yep. both on a yellow bike with baskets front and back, um, but also by car. Um, and we're finding that we're doing at least two to four drops a day yep. um, to try to get books to, to people, same-day delivery. Um, and we actually only launched our web shop in December. We really focus on being a community in-person bricks-and-mortar shop. That's how, yes. that's how we feel is the most important way to work. Um, but we wanted a web shop because we have a lot of grandparents buying vouchers and books for their local grandchildren and it's important to be online. Of but course. it's been a baptism of fire for yeah. learning the system um, and just learning. It's like we're all learning a new job. Uh, but now that we've sort of settled in a bit, um, we're thinking about ways to address the other parts of our business that we've lost, such as events, book clubs. Uh, of course, and like yep. Yeah, lots of change. <laughs> I know, it's amazing. So when you say that you're now addressing like things like events, I, I think I've seen some online story time. Yeah, have I we, seen? yeah, we haven't been doing any story times yet. Um, yep. Our story time is is, is cute and small. Um, yep. We've really admired Squishy Mini. Lucky is doing an amazing job with his weekly story time. And honestly, Lisa Lambert at the Little Book Room, if she's not picked up for play school, I don't know <laughs> yes. what will happen. Um <laughs> And so we, um, it's our, our book club and our reviewers club are our sort of um, big community um, draw cards, I think. And yep. so we're still running our reviewers club where children, um, we give them advanced reader copies and they review books for us, which we put on the website and on the Instagram. Oh, uh, so we're great. continuing that, trying to figure out maybe ways to make that bigger during this time. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's great. Um, and... It's not easy to switch from a model of in-person book reading to being videoed, I have to say. Have um, you been doing some of that, Julie? Well, <laughs> I would love to do that, actually. But my li I work in a library as well. Yep. And okay. um, I haven't been able to do any online story time yet um, because there's so many people able to do that in the team. But I know that it's been a real challenge for them because there's no... Um, interaction and yeah. so it's you really like being on play school <laughs> and yeah. if you're not used to it um, if you're used to that interaction with the kids it's really hard to just um, be you know playing to the camera so yeah I can understand why it's not an easy transition at all. No and we're finding the same thing actually just with recommendations I, I was on the phone I think for 10 minutes with a parent yesterday um, who I just wanted to help her choose some books for her kids, but we had to talk about the size of the font and whether it was the same as Ninja Kid because that's what he'd been reading oh, and we wow. needed to find something similar and not being able to show her to look at it, yeah. the books. So I'm trying to figure out if there's a way we can um, video call with our customers um, so we yes. can actually show what's going on. So we'll, it just is a lot of work already um, 
and I know that we're all so tired, but it's, yeah, I feel like I have the energy being only there one day a week at the moment. Yeah. I can help with. Yeah, that's great. Similarly, in our library, we've been doing a home delivery service. Yeah. Oh, And it's basically tell us the ages of your children and then um, we'll go and pluck some books. Which is my dream job, honestly, like me plucking books for kids and just knowing the ages and their, um, you know, their likes is just the best thing ever in a closed library with no one there to interrupt yeah, that, me. That is amazing. Um, and I think that would be less stress in the library. I feel like I'm getting people to pay pay for their yes. books and taking them to their homes, doing the exchanges not as easy as it has been in the past. <laughs> yeah, so it's a they're doing a contactless drop-in Yep. Um, our libraries, which is actually your local libraries too. I was going to say your local. Yeah. yeah, Hobson's Bay libraries. So That's yeah, maybe so I should. Uh... We will um, actually spread that around with our um, into our community because I know a lot of people have been talking about how sad they are that the library is yeah, closed. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but um, when because I consider myself a children's book sort of like aficionado, yeah. <laughs> but yes. not so much in oh adult fantasy or um <laughs> romance I, I had to take a call for the big son as we call oh, it yeah. the other day um and I got to choose four books for a woman who wanted something a bit Leanne Moriarty a bit oh, yes. uh, Marion Keys and we came up with some great books and I felt oh, very proud of myself there you go we can we can adapt and change <laughs> So let's go back to the sort of the industry in general. What sort of long-term impact do you think the pandemic will have on the children's book industry? Well, first of all, it's really hard to know and hard to speculate while we're still kind of in the thick of things. Yeah. And, of course, my biggest worry is that we're going to lose some bookshops. um, Yes. But I I can't think about that right now. It's just actually too depressing. No. Um, and so I suppose my my biggest sort of immediate worry for the long term is um, with the loss of hand selling to a degree, we're doing it on the phone, obviously, yeah. um, while most shops are closed to the public, was just going to reinforce those big name bestsellers, which yeah. are all great books, but they're the ones we hear about and we know about. And I just feel sad for the smaller names, for the smaller publishers yes. um, who are finding it harder to get their books out. Um, but I, I do like to think about the positive long-term impacts that are gonna um, we're going to see, which is just an increased public awareness of independent bookshops and bookshops in general um, and yes. for the pleasure of reading. That's been the most heartwarming thing is hearing all my friends talk about what they've been reading. And, of course, we're all still watching TV and shows, but there's definitely an upswing um, in the desire to read, whether anyone's actually finding the time, I don't know, but they yeah, want to, yep. so that's great. Um, and my friends with children talking about how they're just loving spending the time reading so many books with their kids. So that's yes. amazing. Um, but in terms of being a bookseller and working in the industry, all these new skills we're learning at our yes. speed are going to come in handy. So learning our processes, a new way to approach social media, Yep. We're really enjoying that at the Younger Son. Um, our, we've got a, a Younger Son social media manager, Jess, and she's yep. just doing extraordinary things for us. And the fact that um, it's something that we're pouring more time into at the moment because it's so important is a real pleasure. Yep. Um, the way we recommend books um, is like all this new way of doing it is going to st- stand us in good stead after. Definitely, yep. 
Yeah. I, I, I've chatted to a couple of editors as well. Yeah. Like we've got one for each episode. So we chatted to Marissa Pintado the other day <laughs> and we're ch- we've chatting to, we've chatted to Susanna um, Chambers from Allen and Unwin. And yeah. what we were saying was it's sort of like the industry has had to wake up and we can't go back. No. We can't go back to our old ways. Once we've woken <laughs> up, we're going to have to be this savvy even when life pretends to go back to normal. So, yeah, it's a real, um, it's a revelation, I guess, that we can be doing things different. Yeah, and a shake-up is good. It, it always, a shake-up in normal times feels bad. You know, change is hard, but it's going to be great. I agree. Yeah, exactly. So how can people support the Younger Sun and other bookshops, especially independent stores who might be struggling more than the chains? Yeah, I think, well, first of all, the indies are in a good position generally being a bit more nimble. I've it, It's not across the board, but seeing independent bookshops being so innovative like we've talked about. Um, I, I do worry about some of the chains as well. I don't know if yeah. that's a bad thing to say, but um, I know Collins being street front facing is doing okay, but I do worry about places like Dimmicks, which are usually tucked away in shopping yes. malls yep. and have a centralised web order, so all the different um franchises and stores don't get the same support uh anyway that's besides the point um if people want to support the younger son and independent bookstores um if you have the means buy books that's i guess yes we will appreciate um just a book a week a book a fortnight that would be incredible but um I'm so conscious that this is a really hard time for everybody Um, and we're offering a lot of zero-cost activities such as competitions um, online on Instagram, uh, our reviewers club, obviously, Uh, and we're really excited to be taking part in the Billy B. Brown holiday program. um, Yes, of course. I don't know if I'm supposed to say it, but I'm going to. We're going to have a a hat parade, a virtual hat parade as part of the Billy B. Brown holiday program. So we're working at Party Grant Egmont on that and it's very exciting. Yay. Um, But in order to support your local bookshops, uh, talk about the books you're reading, talk to your friends, share them online. um, Give them a call. Give them a call on the phone. It is exhausting, but we love talking to you. (laughs) And that's actually something that we miss so much is having that conversation with our customers. That's the best part of our job. We love it. Yes. And just engage with us on social media, uh, us and other bookshops, obviously, as well. Uh, If we can get through these tough times with our strong community, we're going to emerge from the pandemic times with such a wonderful support system. Absolutely. So, Kate, can you tell us about some children's books that you are excited about at the moment, perhaps some that may not be getting the love that they should because they've come out in a pandemic? <laughs> oh, we, we just feel so sad about all the books that are coming out. And so please keep an eye on our Instagram because we're going to highlight as many as possible. Yep. Uh, I would like to talk first about Respect, which is a picture book by Auntie Faye Muir and Sue Lawson, illustrated by Lisa Kennedy, which has been published by Margabala Books. It's a beautiful book uh, in which a a young girl learns about her history, her country, her elders um, from her grandmother. And it's such a gentle, reassuring book uh, from the beautiful hug right on the front cover and the simple call to action in the title, which is to respect other people, respect your land and yourself. Um, 
the other picture book we love, I know Lisa talked about it on your podcast um, last time, which is Who's Your Real Mum by Bernadette Green and yep. Anna Zobel, published by Scribble. So I must uh, include a disclaimer here because I worked on this book. Oh, yes. Scribble. But Ella and Jess uh, at The Younger Son asked me to mention it because they love it so much and yep. feel really like it's their favourite book. <laughs> and and FYI, one... we have no qualms about people recommending their own books at the Mavens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good to know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and so in Who's Your Real Mum, Elvie has her two mums and her friend Nicholas is desperate to know which one is her real mum. Uh, and it leads Elvie on to this increasingly fantastical explanation of my real mum's the one who... Um, Knits, knits blankets for polar bears and who w speaks gorilla at the zoo um, and ultimately we're just calling it ask a stupid question, get a stupid answer. Yep. Uh, and, of course, Elvie's two mothers are both her real mum. Yeah. Um, it's so, such a lovely book. Um, but uh, we have a lot of middle grade books that we are really loving at the moment. Um, for example, I'm so excited to read January Stars by Kate Constable. You might know yes. her from her previous books, Crow Country and Cicada Summer. And we just published. had, um, yeah. you haven't heard it yet, but in the same interview time, yes. Susanna has also recommended that. Oh! So. <laughs> okay. Well, I haven't had a chance to read it yet. Um, but 12-year-old Clancy and her older sister take their grandfather, who's had a stroke, um, on a grand adventure. And it's an exploration. It looks, seems to be an exploration of where we fit in the cosmos and I can't yeah. wait. I loved Crow Country. It was just wonderful. Kate's a brilliant author. Um, I wanted to sneak in a book that's not Australian um, but is published locally by text. And so I think it's also good to know that buying uh, international books from your local bookshop is still supporting the Australian publishing industry. Um, yes. And so this one, the, thing, the List of Things That Will Not Change by Rebecca Stead, uh, is a must read and when the main character B, her parents are divorced, they give her a notebook that opens with a list of things that will not change. They will always love her and be there for her. And B is added to this list over time, including her anxieties and her worries into this list of things that will not change. I've started to make my own list because in a time like this, I feel like yes. you need to remember. Um, this story is really interesting. It's got a slightly complex timeline narrated from a point in the future with key scenes set in the past, but is all focused about um, her dad's uh, upcoming marriage to his his new boyfriend, while B also worries about something that happened in the past. It's pitch perfect, emotional, beautiful, middle grade, love it, chef's Typical kiss. Typical Rebecca Stead. Yes. Oh, yeah. she's just magical. Yeah. Uh, and I also wanted to mention Euphoria Kids by Alison Evans, which is a teen novel. But I think so. anyone from grade six up, maybe even grade five, depending on the reader. And this is the story of three characters, Iris, Babs and the boy, who hasn't found his name yet, who are new, new friends, off in search of the witch who cursed Babs and turned her invisible. Babs becomes invisible from time to time. And it's a gentle story. It's very peaceful. Um, but it's also a really straightforward exploration of gender and identity with yep. wonderful representations of friendship, family, plants and magic, and that's published by Echo. They're my picks, I think. Oh, we will link all of those in our show notes as well. They yeah. sound amazing. And that's the thing we love hearing about what you get excited about in the bookshops as well. So, yeah. 
we spend a lot. I think the best part about having no customers in the shop at the moment is being able to just see a book and take it off the shelf and have a five minute read. (laughs) Have a squeeze. (laughs) Well, I can vouch for the youngest son because I ordered a book for Giselle. I think it was last week and it came in a day. <laughs> so, I'm so relieved. Thank you, Julie. <laughs> it was wonderful. And I also have a few more that I'm ready to order. Um, so I can't wait to see what else will arrive in my letterbox. But um, <laughs> Kate, you have been fantastic, wonderful. What else can we say? Taking time out of your day. Um, where can we find you if our listeners are keen to order online at The Younger Sun? So you can go to our website at sunbookshop.com uh, or our Instagram, which is The Younger Sun. And yep. just remember it's S-U-N, like the one in the sky. <laughs> yes, because I think I might have had had that conversation with myself. Oh, is it S-O-N? Is it S-U-N? Oh, <laughs> Just think of the Sun Theatre, which yes, um, one of our favouritest places in the world. Absolutely. Well, once again, Kate, thank you for your time and happy book selling. Thank you, Julie. Thank you so much for all your support and good luck. There's some wonderful book recommendations there, folks. So get ordering online at your local bookshop. If you'd like to know more about the Mavens, log on to middlegradepodcast.com or to find Julie online, drop by julieandrasobooks.com and to find Pamela, stop by www.ueckerman.net.